Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Train Happy Troopers, and welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast. My name is Tally Rye, and today I am bringing you the penultimate episode of the year. I can't believe it's already come around. Um, This week I am chatting to a wonderfully uplifting, encouraging guest who really makes up their own rules in fitness and I kind of love it. I'm joined by Kanoa Green who really is a ray of light. That's the only way I can describe Kanoa and we got to know each other through social media and it was so wonderful to get to sit down and have this conversation about her fitness journey and about how she is breaking down the barriers and challenging the perceptions that people have of plus size bodies in fitness and I just know you're going to feel so uplifted by this episode. But before we get into that just a couple of notices I suppose First up, our Christmas special will be on the 21st of December, so we're going to have a break next week and we'll be back the week after with a Christmas special where I hope to answer your Christmas-related questions, so do send them in to trainhappypodcast at gmail.com. And if you want some more Christmas action, then join me on Tuesday the 15th of December at 7pm UK time for the train happy tuesdays christmas special if you know that during lockdown i was doing the live dance party workouts on a tuesday night well i wanted to bring you a special christmas event as well so we're going to have a bit of a interactive workshop where we can you know discuss ways in which we can cope and navigate the festive season whilst feeling really good about it and feeling good about fitness and food and our body image and then of course we're going to finish with a special Christmas dance party. I'll link to the tickets in the show notes but please do note that 50% of the ticket price will be donated to the Trussell Trust which is the leading organisation for coordinating food banks here in the UK. Okay, it is time for the music. It's Train Happy Trooper of the Week. (laughs) This week comes from Molly. She has written in to say, Coming out of anorexia and a disordered relationship with exercise, I ran a 10k with my sister to raise money for beat charity for eating disorders that was last november since then i've been loving home workouts and resistance training but running was a no-no because of the feeling and risky behavior attached to it my sister however has been running a lot and doing all kinds of challenges and today i jogged and walked the last eight miles of my sister's 36 mile ultra marathon oh my goodness that's me saying oh my goodness just for old time's sake and to support her through her biggest challenge yet and it was wonderful to be outside in the autumnal sun and see the trees we live in Cornwall and her route was along the Camel Trail we went at a conversational pace and chatted the whole way catching up our family was waiting at the end and would you believe it for a sprint finish I feel like I've managed to see what it's like to run for fun and what I like about running and movement So yeah, I just wanted to share that with you and all the other Train Happy Troopers. Thank you so much, Molly, for sending that in. And I hope that encourages other people on their own journeys of healing and to feel good about fitness and to realize that it can get to a really positive place. All right, enough of that. There's kind of more of that in today's episode, actually. So let's hear from this week's guest, Kanoa Green. Noah, welcome so much to the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because 
For those listening, um, they may be familiar with you because we did um, a workout collaboration earlier this year. And I must say, we have to do more of those. We just have to. We definitely, it was a hit. It was a hit. <laughs> I had so much fun. So the particular fun. day we did that workout, I was struggling and you came on and brought the energy and lifted my mood and just said like the most amazing things, your motivational speeches when you work out. Like I knew it was for, meant to be for the people doing it. And I was, I was like, oh, I need this so much today. So you were chef's kiss. Brilliant. Thank um, you. So for those listening, um, would you like to maybe introduce yourself and explain what you do? Absolutely. It's so funny. You're just introducing yourself. So I'm Kinoa. Hi. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> fitness trainer, um, now certified yoga instructor. Yay. Um, an outdoor adventure advocate, um, body positive advocate for sure. That's kind of, I think the nice way to put it in a little box with a bow. <laughs> you mentioned you just, well, you hinted about your yoga certification, but you just qualified as a yoga instructor. Yes, just. We're three days after my certification. Yes. How was that experience? And what was that like? A, during a pandemic. And B, <laughs> um, as a plus size fitness instructor, feeling like we sadly don't traditionally associate um, plus size people in fitness, um, in sorry, in yoga. And so I just wondered what that experience was like for you and um, yeah, how you, how you found the whole process. Absolutely. I mean, during a pandemic first, it was something that I didn't think I would be doing during a pandemic, especially in person, because obviously there's so many options online, but there is a yoga studio that I feel so comfortable going to. It's actually where I started my aerial yoga journey two years ago. And because I felt so welcome, so accepted, I just couldn't imagine going somewhere else. So venturing into, and really the only time I'm surrounded by other humans, <laughs> because otherwise I'm you know, at home and that it was nice to have that interaction they were extremely safe um and it was a lot i mean 200 hours while life is happening and then you're putting in you know pushing yourself out of your comfort zone it was it was a lot but it was it was good for me i think i really needed it especially in a yoga practice and then like you said you don't see a lot of plus size bodies both in fitness and in yoga and it this wasn't a program specifically for, you know, all bodies. It wasn't that at all. But thankfully, they treated it as such, and they're just incredible people. Otherwise, I would not have been a part of this program. Um, and I obviously was, you know, significantly larger. I did not look like anyone else taking the training. I'll say that. Uh, but I felt, com I mean, I've done this for enough time where I feel comfortable in my own skin and confident. Um, but very thankful to have the opportunity to do this with people who could see another body that may walk into their studio at one day and know that they can do these things and also allow them to see how a body that's not like theirs adjust and move in the same poses in the same sequences. So I'm happy that I was able to hopefully educate and enlighten those that were around me. Because I think one of the misconceptions around yoga, or I think, or maybe not a misconception, but a fear around yoga is that for someone who doesn't fit the stereotypical, like, thin white yoga mold, that they would to go to a class and, you know, they feel that perhaps they wouldn't be catered for and that... Um, making adjustments to certain poses and, you know, offering, uh, you know, variations that suit different body types um, might not be the kind of first option. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to people about this in the past and, you know, the concern is that there aren't enough people who know how to work with a variety of different body types, quite frankly. It's true. I've been taking yoga for many, many years. <laughs> and I have 
a lot of that journey has been me figuring it out on my own because the instructor didn't know how to make those adjustments. So for me, it's just, you know, standing in the back of the class, I'm not getting into that move exactly how they are, that pose. And so for me, it was like, well, let me do what work, what feels right to me. And it, it's helped over the years. And so that's what I was able to bring into this yoga training. Gratefully, they had some wonderful variations, things that I had never even seen, utilizing a chair. I was like, oh my goodness. So that was wonderful. But then I was able to show even our instructors, you know, things to be mindful of. Um, but you're right. It's just, you don't get that type of education or reinforcement as a teacher a lot of times. You don't even get it becoming a personal trainer or fitness instructor exactly. of any discipline. Yes. Um, the assumption is that you're working with, I don't know, thinner people. Um, or if people are working with people in larger bodies, then they may not know, they may have expectations of those people that aren't realistic to, you know, their uh, body's capabilities at that time. So it's certainly been, an edu- it's certainly something I'm so much more aware of now, but you know, baby PT me was not at all <laughs> because there just was no discussion around it. And as you said, we're just Absolutely. not a lot. Sadly, a lot of those people are not in the room when this education is happening or not in the room and these qualifications. And I think like you say, even by being present in the room at your yoga course, you were there to kind of represent and say, you know, there could be plenty of people like me turning up to your classes and we need to be able to teach to everybody, not just a certain person. Absolutely. And I think even on the flip side, it's realizing that because their body may look different or a certain preconceived idea mm. of what you thought their body couldn't do. So there were things that I took variations of that may have lessened, um, you know, some of the, you know, weight or pressure on certain places, but there were things that I could do and level it up that some of my counterparts couldn't do. So it's the the flip of don't assume that their body can do that, but then also don't assume that their body can't do more. Yeah. And yeah. And I think I totally agree. I think it's a fine line in the case of like, and having to really like judge the individual. And I think that's why it's about, you know, not making broad stroke assumptions and really focusing on the individual you're teaching. So you also mentioned that you um, teach other classes. So the class we did together was very much a mix of, um, you. well, you love your dance parties. So Train Happy Troopers, <laughs> us, we love our dance parties here at the Train Happy <laughs> Podcast. But you kind of mix it with, you know, your more traditional training, but you make it fun. Um, <laughs> what was it about that style that kind of, I don't know, it, drew, and you know, drew that- you in? That was really the culmination of the pandemic because dance parties is not something that I do in my gym classes at all. I think they would be shocked that I even allowed that. (laughs) 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 Uh, I loved, I gravitated in my own journey towards kind of this hit strength combination of cardio. I didn't typically like that in my personal fitness early on because I didn't feel like it was made for me and taught in a way that was really helpful for me to move. But as I discovered my own movement and felt comfortable in my own body and comfortable in taking, taking on permission to move how I needed to, that's when I really realized I love feeling strong in my body. I love seeing what my body can do. As we've gone into the pandemic, obviously, you know, movement looks a lot of different for people. I'm not necessarily training to be on a surfboard because honestly, I decided that I wasn't going to be surfing due to the pandemic. Um, and so how, what's a way that we can make this fun and enjoyable and nothing is more fun than a dance party. I mean, agreed, <laughs> agreed, right. It is great music. So then I was like, oh, we're just going to throw this in and have a good time with it and, Hopefully people feel like they're getting something out of it physically, but also emotionally as well. Definitely. You mentioned something which I really loved, which is once you gave yourself the permission to move your body in the way that you wanted. Um, and I think that is such a, that is such a like poignant phrase and, and saying, because that is exactly what intuitive movement is. That is what it is. This whole practice is about giving ourselves permission um, and trusting our bodies to kind of choose what's right for us. 
So I think I I really appreciate you saying that because I think that's a really great point to drive home, which leads us nicely onto, I would love to know your fitness journey from the beginning because I know you as Kanoa who seemingly, we haven't even got into the half of what you're capable of (laughs) and the, the things that you're good at. So I would love to know, like, were you a sporty kid? Have you always been adventurous, outdoorsy? None of it. I think that's the crazy thing, right? Because people who are new to my journey, which a lot of people are probably in the last, I would say, year and a half, you see me in a stride, essentially, right? Where I'm doing all of these things. If you were following me five years ago, that was not me. I was not the sporty kid. I was the choir girl who was not outside, who was not adventurous at all. If anything, I was very much hiding because I had always been larger and I recognized that at a very young age and I uh, developed a lot of insecurities around it. So, you know, as a larger bodied woman, just the idea of if my friends wanted to do something new, for me, in the back of my mind, it's always, am I too heavy? Is there a weight limit? Am I going to fall off a raft and not be able to get myself back in because I don't have that strength? So I shied away from doing anything adventurous. And it wasn't until, you know, I had going through, I probably wasn't even until university that I started doing anything physically active. (laughs) It was just where I went to school. It actually was part of their culture. So I grew up in Florida, but I went to the Midwest um, for university and where people were very much into physical activity, very much into sports. And so that was my first, I think that was the first time I ever walked into a gym actually. Um, And it was very intimidating, but there was something about it that I liked. I think there was obviously a lot of kind of that diet culture tied to it and a lot of this idea of I need to be here because I need to be thin and that mm-hmm. was kind of attached to it but I think separately there was this I in my heart I think this draw to it because I kept going back even though I was having this negative relationship to it I would always go back started Zumba at some point started yoga at some point and so I would always be there in the gyms with trainers I just ate it all up Um, I never thought I would have a career in fitness because it was just, I wasn't necessarily, I would lose weight, but I would always gain weight, right? And so I always thought you had to look like X, Y, and Z to be a a fitness trainer, to be a group fitness instructor, to be a yoga instructor, Um, but I still wanted to be in that world. So I just continued on my own journey. It's ups and downs, (laughs) all of its craziness. And then it wasn't until probably about 2015 that I thought I wanted to be, I wanted to help women. I didn't know what that would be. I wanted to make that transition out of a corporate career. And that's when fitness kind of came sprinkling back into my life. It was something that I needed at that time because I was transitioning in my life. Fitness had been a way for me to release. And I always kind of felt focused in when I was doing that consistently. So it came in and I thought, well, I could find a way to help motivate and encourage other women where it's not about diet culture, where it's not about, you know, moving because you feel bad about the way you are, but there's got to be a way where we can do this joyfully. So it just started as me helping my mom um, and her and I doing it together. And it kind of grew from there as fitness motivation. And then it was the desire to then bring it into a wider audience because it, I had, like I said, been in the gym for many years, (laughs) decades even. And I learned a lot from trainers. I learned a lot from myself, you know, figuring things out, um, through that. And then I had the opportunity to then go through an apprentice program, um, training program at our local YMCA. They love that I'd been working with women They loved the idea that I didn't look like everyone else and neither did their community. (laughs) So, you know, it's, those were the people that were coming in and it, especially at a YMCA, they're there for the community, but what are we doing to thus bridge the gap and help the community feel comfortable coming into this space for themselves? Um, And I didn't have the education or background, the essential like 
educational background. So that's why we did the apprentice program so that I could learn with all of our directors and people who had been doing this for so long and experts. And then it kind of went from there, group fitness, personal training, um, and then into developing apps and creating work. I mean, it's just, it's been a whirlwind. So it's, it's, yeah. (laughs) I love that the YMCA had the vision to employ people who looked like their community and who people would resonate with because my goodness, if the rest of the fitness industry just took note and realized that, you know, the, the people we're seeing on the cover of these magazines, um, that is a very small percentage of the population. And when we do see people who look like us and we do see people we relate to, um, the phrase, you know, see more to be more, I think is mm. really important in this context because it's so true that when you go into a gym, like my goodness, similarly like you, I was a like late comer to the gym didn't really discover it until I was like 18, 19. And then in my 20s, really early 20s is when I really got into it, when I was at drama school. And, you know, because the whole thing was so intimidating to me because I feel like I didn't look like the people in the gym. I feel like I couldn't relate to them. Everyone there was already perfect. And, you know, obviously because I also associated exercise only with losing weight, only with changing my body. Um... And that wasn't enough of a draw for me for a very long time. Like, you know, I, and I didn't understand that it it could be fun and joyful and there could be a community. And so has it been really nice to kind of, when you have been working in the gym, obviously not so much this year with everything that's been going on, but to, to help people realize that it is so much I love it because I think it's that, it's kind of the light bulb moment I had when I started taking up hiking um, in 2016 of that realization of the, the time I reached the top of my first mountain. And there was that connection of the body that I'm in right now is capable of doing anything and everything that I ever dreamed of. And so that was really empowering. And that gave me the strength then to do even more in fitness and in life. So then to bring that into someone's life as a fitness trainer and for them to see someone who is not just teaching. And again, I always say this, I love a dance cardio class, but I think that's been an area that's been acceptable to see Mm -hmm. larger bodies, but to see a large body teaching a boot camp class, Mm -hmm. um, to teach a spin class for them to see that a lot of times people see me walk to the front of the room and are astounded that, (laughs) that it's, it's me that's teaching that. And so, and then are you kind of like, watch me? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And they can see themselves in me. And that to me is wonderful because for a lot of them, they never thought, or maybe they never gave them. And again, back to permission, they didn't give themselves permission to believe that they could do those things or to even try to do them because they've already made up the decision. I can't. So this then breaks down that wall for them where you can do anything that you have the courage to imagine for yourself. I think that's a really interesting and a unique perspective to, to you. And maybe also I'm thinking of an experience that maybe I necessarily haven't had in that the idea of because you're only seeing these, you know, fitness stereotypes, these thin people in classes and the the people who supposedly excel at fitness the most, excel in the outdoors, you know, the best. I know you surf, you hike, you do all these things. And if, you know, through media, magazines and just generally the narrative around fitness is we're only seeing a certain body type, then, you know, not only why would you feel welcome, but A, why would you feel that you could do it? And why and is that almost you know that limiting belief that when we speak in like self-help language that limiting belief of well I don't see anyone else doing it so and I really love that you're so tenacious to be like well why not me absolutely (laughs) well and I think it's because you know it goes back to me 
trying to figure out how to move my body in the back of a fitness gym. It's, you may not think that I belong here, but I want to be here. So I'm going to figure it out and do it. And then once I realized, well, I can do it, then why is it only limited to the gym room, right? It can actually mean anything. And I think it, sometimes it takes someone seeing someone that looks like them, right? Here in the U.S., we've never had a black female vice president. Mm. But now that girls see that, then they can now have a dream for them of putting themselves maybe in that position, maybe in enough, if she can do that, then what could I do, you know, as a little black girl? So for me, that's where a lot of this comes from. Again, kind of why I decided to do a yoga certification. It's because I want there to be opportunities for women to see um, themselves and then them to hopefully plant that seed of, well, if she can do that, what more could I do? And I think you're doing amazing work. And yeah, for that reason. And I think for that reason, you're putting in extremely hard work and doing that. But also I'm so excited to see you get the opportunities to, to, be, to be that person for so many people. So let's talk about this outdoor lifestyle. So you surf and you hike. You paddleboard? I, I made that up. No, you did not. Anything make that else up. I need anything else I need to add? <laughs> For now, that's we'll leave it there. There's so many, so many things on the list once once we can travel again and do more mm. um, in this space. But yes, it's that's kind of where my journey started. What's your favorite? What's your you know, it's you know. going to be for me surfing, um, just because I'm the person who loves, I love a challenge. I love the thing that you are least likely to see someone do. And that's a space where I, you don't get to see so much representation. So I, mm. that's why I love it. It's because it's attached to so, something so much bigger, um, than me. And it's just one, I love the ocean. I mean, I'm from Hawaii and so it's, it's in my blood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so, yeah, I think, I I have to say this year has taught me personally a, a huge new appreciation for the outdoors. I've always liked, I like being outside, but particularly like when it comes to like hiking and walks and those sorts of things, I love it. I do. And I didn't think I would because I told you I wasn't adventurous at all. And I always thought I was like the city girl. My family is the most blown away that I consider myself an outdoorsy person now because I knew it was never that. But it was the same thing of once I was out there doing these things that I had never done before, now I have a different experience in the outdoors. Mm. And that is what I love. So hiking, I mean, rock climbing, um, I've done some of that, want to do more. I mean, snowboarding is on my list. The sailing, I did become a certified sailor while I was in Hawaii. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone would actually trust me to captain their their boat, but <laughs> I just I just love that you have like you I feel like you've taken the concept of joyful movement and you just run with it and found so many great ways. And I think I find it so exciting to hear because I think so often when we're talking about fitness, we get so stuck with the gym, so mm -hmm. focused on that like exercise is a gym based activity. Fitness is lifting weights in the gym or it's running right. on a treadmill and it's on a bike, whatever. And whilst all those things are part of it, there's so many other ways we can move our bodies. So many. And as you know, each of those activities are more than a workout. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And you enjoy doing it and you get to do it with friends. And it's just this whole other experience. And you're right. It's I've used fitness to help me gain strength and agility to do those things better but in of itself they are amazing ways mm. to strengthen your mind and your spirit and your body and what was that maybe there was like a penny drop moment where you did decide okay when I'm now going to go to the gym and I'm now going to choose to move my body um that this is not going to be rooted in that diet culture mindset? Because, you know, you mentioned about 2015. Um, was it from then or has this been a, was there like a big light bulb moment or has it been a slow kind of transition? 
It was, it was a slow transition because I knew that when I really, 2015, but it wasn't until 2016 that I actually started hiking. But the big moment where I really made that shift, I think it was kind of there of, oh, like doing fitness, you know, doing the traditional things does help me be stronger in my hike. Um, but it wasn't until I had made the decision I was going to surf. So that was 2018. And then that's when the trajectory of that was my goal into <laughs> fitness is to gain strength and endurance so that I can do this thing. And it has nothing to do with the number on the scale, the number of my genes. It, it completely shifted my focus. And from that moment on, it's been about that. And was that kind of a simultaneous discovery of body positivity and, you know, wanting to be a part of that community? Or did, do you feel like that community maybe helped you make that shift? I'd always identified with that term. I mean, I, I think in 2016, I don't know if that was so much a big hashtag trend <laughs> as it is nowadays. Um, I identified with it and I use that as on my personal journey and at that time, I mean, if you think of even 2015, 2016, you didn't see the amount of influencers who were even in fitness, whereas now you see so many, and of course there can be so much more, but there's a lot of diversity in the faces that you're seeing. In 2015, there was not that at all. <laughs> so, and especially in, even in the outdoor space, I was looking for those people and I was not finding them as opposed to now. So it's a culmination of it now gets to inspire me as I continue on. It wasn't necessarily the thing that was there and present at the beginning of it. But it's great to see that that evolution has happened in such a small window frame. Because think of where we're going to be even five years from now um, mm -hmm. and see how much representation hopefully we will see. Yeah, because as you say, like five years ago, it would be really hard to find any sort of, di well, it, it felt like it was hard to find people who were diverse. And I say that as someone who very much inhabited the fitness space as a, a thin white person and all my peers were the same. I like maybe there would be, um, you know, the odd person who wasn't, but really mm -hmm. it was really like I, all the you know, particularly in the UK, like all the fitness events, everything, those were, that's just who was invited and you didn't really think anything of it. And I have to say, um, understanding more about body positivity, you know, understanding how we need to make the fitness industry more inclusive and how, you know, how it's actually um, not very representative at all and how we need to, you know, be better at that from maybe like a different body types perspective but also I think through um the anti-racism conversation that, yep. that has like come even you know even um heightened even more so this year and I know that oh, like the fitness industry itself has had to have a look a lot inwards and go okay well these people actually are there um <laughs> and but I think that's the wonderful thing about the pandemic you know if if we're gonna say if you know, obviously this is something that no one would want to be going through, but if we can glean any type of positive things out of it, it removed fitness from the walls of a gym yeah. and it gave exposure to who are faces and people who are in this space and allow other people then to see them and have access to them because there are by far people who never knew of me before the pandemic, but now that they are looking for resources on social media, on the internet, and they are able to then see me and see, oh, there is this black fat woman who is teaching, you know, these classes. I mean, it then how do you take what we've been exposed to, and then once things open back up, then say that your gym represents the whole of fitness when I've already seen that there is so much more out there. I completely agree, and I think that is certainly the energy we're going to have to keep applying and the pressure we're going to have to keep applying to the fitness industry to say like, okay, we've all realized that we need to, we need to have different people. I mean, even where I work, I've had to say, um, so apparently I'm a large in your uniform 
And like, <laughs> that ain't gonna cut it because if you hire anyone, hello, like I me, would not. I would be like a five X. <laughs> well, it's just like, what are we gonna? Yeah. So that that's an issue. That you know, little little things like that that we don't think about. You know, I reposted something on Instagram today from a fabulous account, Tiffany. She's called at the Chubby Cheerleader. And she does a whole thing where she is reviewing different activewear brands and then saying, you know, and finding one of their slogans. And it says like, you know, everybody, you know, should look great when they work out or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, okay, but your sizes don't fit me. So how is that everybody? And then, you know, always kind of politely sends an email and says, hi, you're, you don't include my size range you know what am I meant to do please can we extend the size range and I think that's a really important conversation we need to keep having because yeah frustratingly okay we're starting to see more people so more people want to get involved and then they're like okay I need activewear and And I can't find it yeah and you know and you know I said on my story today it needs to be functional and cute like yes you know and actually, I have to say, you always have the cutest activewear <laughs> looks. And I'm always like, you're so put together. I love it so much. You're wearing like a sparkly set the other day and I just loved it. But it goes to having the conversation with brands, you know, and yeah. finding them. And, and I've had to do that not only in the fitness space, absolutely in active uh, or the outdoor active, because when I wanted to do surfing at the point that I was ready to, there was zero options in my size period. Um, and so on the back end, I have to do a lot of conversation, a lot of advocating so that at least now in the world, we have, you know, half a dozen brands <laughs> that have extended sizing and offer that. But I mean, you're right. It's just, you have these people that want to move for themselves, but how are we, um, how is the brands helping them feel comfortable and supported in movement? Mm. that's a big thing I love a sparkly look (laughs) and then you wore the pink and white outfit the other day and I just loved it I just loved it everyone needs once you've done listening to this episode you need to go and find Kano on Instagram and just check out her wardrobe it's awesome but saying that there are I mean and those brands are actually doing great things in terms of um having good size ranges and like having cute stuff I think I think that's really important as well so you know doesn't um but I also all black and gray. Yeah. Yes. But I think, you know, we as a community and like everyone listening that if you are not plus size, but your favorite activewear brand does not stock plus, plus sizes, um, sadly, people will listen, you know, it's up to us to apply the pressure. Absolutely. And it should not be just down to the people who need the plus sizes. It should be up to everyone to apply the pressure. And so I think next time you're wanting to support an activewear brand, buy their stuff. Um, This is something I've had to kind of really personally think about. And I know that I have a level of influence just from social media alone. But now recently, if people say, can we send you this activewear? Um, And if their size range doesn't have plus sizes, then unfortunately it's a hard no. And a a real, you know, and it's difficult for small businesses. I appreciate that. But I think it's always a thank you, but until there are plus sizes, I cannot support this. And there are some awesome brands who make a ho- you know a whole wide range of um, of activewear. What are your favorites? Just out of curiosity, like if you just had to name three that you recommend people check out. I love day one, um, and I love it because I mean Candice is a plus size model. So you talk about someone who's had to advocate mm-hmm. for different bodies in an industry that did not want to see them. And so she was like, I'm going to be here. And she's made an activewear line that is so stinking adorable. It's there. Everything is fabulous and everything just fits so many different body shapes. That's the other thing. It's not just about we make a larger size, but does it actually like complement their body when it's Mm. on them? And she hasn't just stuck with this. Um, industry minimum of, you know, a 2X or a 3X, but she's extended that even up to like a 5X, I think is 5X or 6X. 
Um, that's a wonderful brand. I love Fabletics uh, because, again, they are covering a wide range of, you know, you want to be able, this is an experience I never had growing up was being able to shop with my friends or where my friends shopped. You know, you had where the smaller girls shopped and then it was a completely different store for, you know, where the larger girls. So for me to be able to go with a group of girlfriends and us to walk into a store or even shop online and wear the same outfits. I mean, that's kind of cute. Isn't that well, kind of cute? Do I you know like what that. was interesting? <laughs> I think, I think your pink and white outfit that I keep referring to was Fabletics. It probably, I can't remember which one it was pink and white. I think it was like it the maybe. white leggings and a pink top. I think it was. Oh, yeah. 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 Because I think my friend, who is probably a UK size 8 to 10, um, was wearing the same outfit. And so, and I loved it on both of you. Both of you, it looked awesome. So I just think, as you say, like this idea that like everyone looks great and everything. Like, and just have that it. opportunity, especially if it's like, in what we may talk about this, but even in my retreats that I do, like I want there to be options where I don't have to look at so many different places if I want to give the girls, you know, a pair, a set of activewear mm -hmm. that I can go to one place and know that there's something for either an extra small or a 5X. You know, mm -hmm. I want them to be able to do that. Um, a third brand that I like, I'm going to say Lola Getz. Um, and I, it's because when we talk about brands who are willing to make a change, you know, if you come to Stacy and you're saying, you know, I want to see this in a larger size or this as a larger body isn't supporting me, she will fix it on the spot. I literally was in a conversation with her. I told her something I didn't like about the way a top fit. And she literally texted the designer <laughs> and was like, this needs, we need to cut the armhole. It was the armhole was too up into my, it was like cutting off mm. my circulation. She texted and she said, we need to add another like inch and a half into the, and I was just, that for me was, I want to wear your clothes. I want to give you my money. I want to support you. If you were that serious about supporting our community. Mm, I think that's awesome and I should I'm gonna list these in the show notes so don't worry if people aren't like furiously writing them down I will link them um and the other thing who I would recommend two brands Superfit Hero absolutely just just changed their range to exclusively doing plus sizes yes. because they felt that there wasn't a brand that was specifically focused on that and um, I know they're extremely well respected by so many people. So um, many of my colleagues and friends love them. I have not tried them yet, but it's on my list. Yeah, so they're <laughs> they're awesome, and they've got really, really their new range looks really cute as well. And Girlfriend is a personal favorite of mine because yes. it's recycled ocean plastic. It's cute. Yep. It's inclusive. Like personally, love them. Um, they were doing it before it was even a trend. Yeah, yes. and they, they just do it and they don't, they just do it and there's not yep. a big song and dance about it, which I love. Exactly. Um, and they have some new like outdoorsy stuff, which, you know, right up your street. I, I mean, Christmas Absolutely. list coming up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, you mentioned your retreats. I'd love you to tell us a bit about them and um, what your kind of plans are and and yes. what your vision is it's it's funny just as much as I never thought I would be a fitness professional equally so I never thought in a million years that I would be organizing and hosting retreats of any kind uh, but it actually came from just my experience so I had um, taken up surfing was doing wonderful sharing that journey and of course you know, women were reaching out asking if there was a space where they could, you know, a safe space where they could learn. Thankfully, my experience was so positive. I was surrounded by women of different shapes and sizes um, who were, you know, learning to surf and continue to do so. And, you know, naively, I actually thought that there would be spaces out there that had either body positive or size inclusive surf camp something. I really did which was, I don't know why I thought that. Um, <laughs> um, and so when I looked and I didn't find anything, I just, for me, I felt, I don't know, I really took it personally as in, I cannot go to these women and tell them that there's nothing and that's the end of the conversation. I just felt really bad. Mm -hmm. And like I had to somehow help. And, and it literally was 
a mo it was moments. It was minutes where I made this decision of, well, if there isn't anything, could I do something? So I texted a friend really quickly and I said, just, you know, does this sound crazy? Could I start a surf retreat? And she was like, do it. So I literally went back to these women and said, I haven't ever done this, but I'm going to figure it out and we're going to start a, a surf retreat. So that's where it started as organizing and devising a safe space for women to be able to learn how to surf and know that there is someone there to advocate on their behalf, making sure that there's people who know how to work with your body, that we have the right equipment, that you don't have to worry about, you know, can I find a rash guard or something in my size, that you can just come be you and have fun, the experience that it's supposed to be and how it is for so many other people at other sizes. So um, that was the first one. Unfortunately, the first one got canceled because of COVID. So it was supposed to be <laughs> June of 2020 and we had to cancel it, but we're rescheduling it and working through. Um, but thankfully we were able to move the location of the launch. So originally it was gonna be here in Florida because it was convenient. Um, but now the, our kickoff retreat is going to be in Hawaii, which to me, it's, it's supposed to be there. So, yeah, that's uh, right. I just love that your whole ethos and energy is just like, well, if you know, I'll just do it. I'll just make it happen. And I think that's such a energy. I wonder where you get that confidence from and that kind of inner sense of trust in yourself? I mean, I'll tell you it is through fitness because I wasn't like that before. I mean, I, you know, you, you mentioned going to drama school. I went to music academy. I went to a music conservatory to be an opera singer and I had no confidence. I actually, it just, it was the thing that drove me, drove me to therapy because it tore down every bit of confidence that I had from the inside out. And I didn't have that. And so it was this moment of 2015 being on this journey, trying to find joy, but then finding strength in my body helped me find strength in my heart. And it gave me the confidence as I realized I can do things. I didn't believe I could, but I can. So if I can do this thing that I never thought I could do, what other things are there out there in the world that I'm not giving myself credit for? And so now you know, that it's one of those things where physical strength allowed me to tap into a mental and emotional strength that I never in a million years thought I did have um, and help work on that. So that's why now it's just, you know, we think of the retreats and snowboarding is something I've never done, but you better believe we're going to have a snowboard retreat at some point. <laughs> and, I, and I have no doubt that I'm going to be on a mountain just rocking it up there with a bunch of fabulous women. <laughs> You mentioned that I didn't know you were an opera singer. I I am. And funnily <laughs> enough, you're not the only personal trainer who I know who was an ex-opera singer. Oh, I believe so, it. <laughs> it's so interesting. And having had the drama school experience and knowing that the whole thing is like tear you down to build you back up again. Oh, yeah. Is or the, do they build you back up? Is well, that, it's that? questionable. <laughs> it's questionable. I'm only going to therapy now for stuff I probably should have gone to <laughs> um, at drama school. And we're only just, you know, we're only just kind of acknowledging those wounds. Oh, I had to. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it interesting how, yeah, just how fitness can be a great way of, of kind of rebuilding that inner strength that is taken yeah. away. Which is you know, for something in my life that has for so long been the opposite, right? It was the thing that was tearing away. And when I had auditioned for graduate school, you know, they accepted me on the spot, but I was pulled aside and told that I had to lose 15 pounds before the start of term. So you already have that <laughs> before you even walked through the door. It's they're, they're telling you you're not thin enough, you need to lose weight and all of that dialogue. So fitness had always had this negative connotation. So then to know that it can actually be a place that heals because in 2015, I did lose vision in my right eye and I became you know, visually impaired and I couldn't rely on my body in a lot of different ways, but fitness was actually the thing that gave me strength to know that I can move forward. And so it's, there's so much positivity in this thing 
And so that's why it, it breaks my heart to know that it, it can cause so much hurt and harm for people. And I think it's really powerful to hear that there can, healing can be found in movement. Um, I think it's movement in the right context and yes. movement with the right mindset and that it's not necessarily, and this is the work that I'm really trying to do with encouraging people to move intuitively and, and find the fun is that it's not necessarily the movement and the what, it's all about the why and the intention yes. and the healing is in the intention and the energy that you're giving it. Like if you're, if you're moving from a place of self-loathing and hatred and, you know, or external pressure from other people to say, lose weight before you start your course, then we know that that's not going lead to lead to a long-term positive outcome. And the idea that even if you had lost the weight, and maybe you did, that the constant oh, fear that if that was regained, what the consequence would be. Absolutely. It's just and not a, the not shame, a headspace you want to be in. embarrassment. Mm. There's just so much that's tight. And then that all wraps into your self-worth, right? I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. And that's all there. You're right. And yeah, I, 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 it's, it's hard. I think it's really hard because diet culture is so the norm and, you know, pursuing weight loss is so the norm. And I know that people listening will want to pursue weight loss. And, and I totally believe that everyone has the autonomy to choose what they want to do. Yeah. But I want them to know that they can participate in fitness and movement and it be a fulfilling, uplifting, um, confidence building practice. And it doesn't have to be painful and, you know, torturous. It can be enjoyable and I really think you are the embodiment of that um and I think you know just showing up with your energy and you just everyone listening just has to go and do a Kanoa workout um <laughs> because you will feel amazing and that's how you should feel when you're moving your body absolutely and we're doing some hard things I mean you know it's like I'm not gonna go easy but you can't and that's the difference it's when you said it, it's when that why is there and it's tied to something that fuels your joy in your mm. heart, that and it, you can do the hard things and you can have fun with it and it's okay. I mean, I have, in my gym classes, I mean, I had pro ex-footballers who would come take my classes right alongside, you know, little old ladies and we're all doing <laughs> And they're, they're all on the ground, but there's still, there's still a smile on your face and you can have joy and fun in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just this idea that all those different people, a real cross section of society, um, can enjoy it. There's a campaign in the UK called This Girl Can. I'm not sure if you're aware of mm -hmm. it. And I just adore it. I've had the opportunity to work with them a couple of times this year, which was very exciting to me having been a real fan of the the whole campaign and yes. really loving everything it stands for because it's really taking everyday normal women with very real particularly this year the campaign was around like very real barriers to moving your body whether that be having mm. a young child or um uh, having a period all those sorts of things um mm -hmm. they were talking about the real barriers to movement but kind of showing that how um these people may overcome their barriers and may navigate them. And that is so important. And that I believe is going to be such a, it is, I, I think um, I'm going to say the stat off the top of my head. I put it in my book that it's something around since the campaign started, like they've, they reckon about 3 million more women in the UK have got moving as a consequence. Oh my goodness. Yeah, That's amazing. Because, because they're seeing people like I will, you know, for a while I was like walking down the street and seeing a woman in her 60s um, is like a thing and she was swimming and all those sorts of things. Like I love swimming, but even seeing someone older, I'm kind of like, yeah, go on, girl. Absolutely. I'm going to go too. I'm going to do this because, <laughs> yeah, it is great. And it's such a lovely reminder. Yes, I love that. Yes, they do I such love amazing it. work. Um, and so. I want to know um, what your advice is as we kind of finish, what your advice is 
for those people who are kind of feeling like maybe they would like to be a bit more outdoorsy. Maybe they do want to um, go to yoga. Maybe they do want to take up surfing and or head to the gym. And they, you know, they are feeling not confident about it, feeling unsure and, and you know, ha- having not feeling super represented in, in where, in their different communities. What would you, what are your words of encouragement and advice for those people? Something that I always say, and it's helped me, um, is just make up your mind that you're not going to give up, even on the idea, right? Because I think that's powerful. And maybe you do feel discouraged or you're really frightened and fear is a real thing. (laughs) Fear and doubt is. And so maybe it might not be today or tomorrow that you take that first leap. But if you make up your mind right now to say, well, I won't give up on the idea of doing that and moving forward in whatever way, because that journey may start first with, you know, listening to this podcast, listening to more things that help you gain positivity and confidence mentally before then you're able to do it physically. That work can look so many different ways. And that look, that work has looked different for me on my journey when there were things that I wasn't able to do physically. Uh, but I made it up in my mind. I was like, I'm putting <laughs> essentially a stake in the ground. I'm drawing the line in the sand that I'm not going to stop from moving forward, however that looks, and being proud of every single step forward that I took. It didn't matter how small it was. Didn't matter if I fell flat on my face or it was messy. It was just, I celebrated any movement forward and you will get there. Celebrate every movement forward. Yes, we can get on board with that. And Kano, I want to finish today's episode as I do every week by asking you, what has been your most recent train happy moment? So a moment of being in tune with your body or feeling joy around movement or all sorts of things. That's easy because we just came off of finishing my yoga certification on this past Sunday. So, you know, that for me was incredible that was just incredible because I was so in tune with my body thank you to my Instagram community who let me test practice on the the week leading up to it but I was I wasn't worried about anything you know it's my body showed up I listened to my body um my body did some incredible things (laughs) but I wasn't even I was like oh I didn't know I could do that. My trainers, I mean, my instructors were blown away because there were things that I did um, that actually elevated the intensity of some of the moves that I had not shown them in the course of um, our training. But it's just, it was a moment where I wanted to shine in my way and I could not have been more proud. That's really lovely. Thank you so much for sharing. Kanoa, where can people find you, find more about your retreats, find more about your classes? Where can they catch up with you? Everything on Instagram, you know, catch all. And it's just Kanoa Green, first name, last name. I will link that below for everyone and link it in the show notes for everyone because you're one of my favorite people to follow. So I know they're going to be in safe hands. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. This has just been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And thank you. And uh, I'll speak to everyone next week. Goodbye, Kanoa. Bye. And that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please let me know by sending feedback. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. Or even better, it would be amazing if you could rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you're listening as it really, really helps to support and boost the train happy message. And remember, if you have had a recent moment where this stuff has just started clicking for you, then share your story with us via email, trainhappypodcast at gmail.com to become the train happy trooper of the week. And if you have a burning question you would like me to answer, then please send those in too. And it may be answered in our bonus Q&A episodes. Once again, thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.